Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. And welcome to another edition. Thank you, Dick Warren. That's the voice of Dick Warren who introduces us every time. And I just love that guy. I miss him. Uh, my name is Christopher McCulloch, Master Certified Coach. Here this week, as with almost every every darn show, the amazing, the powerful, the extraordinary and hilarious Alex Terranova, PCC. Hello, Alex. I thought you were going to call me Oz at that point. The amazing, the powerful. The great and powerful <laughs> Alex. Um, Good morning. So uh, you're in uh, an undisclosed location. We have much to discuss. We're going to talk to you today because you've you've started this thing. We should we should let people know you're the creator of and the founder of thedreammason.com. People can find you there. You are uh, uh, inspirational, Alex, on the Instagrams. You're also author of fictional authenticity and a contributing author to redefining masculinity. You're a coach in your own right and successful now for how many years? Well, successful probably for about three, but coaching for <laughs> coaching for uh, almost seven. That's great. So, um, uh, what you did, and it, it, forgive me, or, or if you want to tell the story, you're welcome to. But what I would let people know as sort of a shorthand intro is that you did this extraordinary thing, which is those of us that know you and love you and want you to win in life have noticed that as a handsome, powerful, dynamic, uh, intelligent guy in the world. You've been dating, uh, like it, like it was an Olympic sport. And, uh, you, when you have settled into a relationship with someone, uh, it hasn't gone well. Is there anything that you want to say about your dating history or who you've been as a dater, serial dater? Yeah, I was going to say too, people can go back and listen to the episode we did where we first talked about this, but I'm not remembering what I was trying to look it up while we were talking it so we could give people like, hey, it's this episode. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to see if we could find that so we could tell them, oh, here it is. So it's, uh, it's from August 12th. If they listen to the August 12th episode, an experiment in dating with Alex Terranova and special guest Brittany Cotton, they can hear the like pre kind of conversation around this. But to answer your question, um, I would say from a super young age, I got a narrative in my mind about like, oh, I should date the cheerleaders, the bad girls, the ones that are super pretty. And like, they had to be smart. It wasn't, I was never the like, date the like not intelligent person, but they had to be pretty. They had to have something that made them unique and like kind of stand out. Um, and as I've gotten older, I really realized like, hey, those things were about my insecurities, right? Like I needed a smart girl because I didn't feel smart. I needed someone pretty because where I felt insecure, like these things were all mirrored. And ultimately, I meet incredible women, date them, and then find out that like, hey, we're not the best match for each other because we're typically like fixing each other. You know, they're fixing my insecurities. I'm fixing their trauma typically with men. And it's not a, we're not signing up for that right but that's what's happening subconsciously behind the scenes and in this opportunity to have your friends pick who you're dating they're looking for those red flags that you would have overlooked yeah so not unlike a lot of people out there you're dating and you you get involved with people and then it it sort of disintegrates or, or blows up and you think it's because you're trying to get their 
you're sort of coming from some need or ego needs, but also that they are fundamentally like dealing with something, right? We wouldn't call them broken people, but we would say that they're they're dealing with some issues and that you're there to sort of support, right? In support. And so, yeah. and so it's sort of doomed from the start. Is that how you view it? I, you know, I, I didn't, I would never have thought it was doomed from the start, but looking back, it seems like, yes. And I agree, I agree with you. I don't think, you know, we all have issues, right? None of us are, none of us are get to adulthood perfect and without, me, you know, anything. me most of all, that's right. <laughs> Any, anything. But I think, uh, and for whatever reason, you know, I, I shouldn't even say for everyone because of me, I created the space where I would bring in women who typically had issues or traumas or things from their past with men. Maybe it was their dads. Maybe it was like crappy guys their whole life. And I came in and was like, oh, you know, he's, he, he's safe. He creates a safe space. They felt like they could actually like share a lot of these things. It almost would feel like they could share like the terrible things in their life. And yeah. I would, and I wouldn't shun them for it. I accepted them for it. And honestly, like sometimes I have this, I admit, said this joke, but it's not a joke. I remember times where a girl would tell me about the crappy things in her life. And it, my mind would be like, Oh my God, I'm falling in love with her right now. Like yeah, the yeah. worse the story, the more in love I was. And what I came to see was like, Oh wait, I was like, I was like the savior, right? I'm right. not like the white knight. character. Yeah. yeah. And in being the white knight, I got to get my healing, my love, my acceptance, but then right now, then we go down the road and the white, that that's not a, you know, we go on this journey, I'm never going to heal them or fix them or whatever. That's not my job. They're never that thing that they give me is never going to ever meet its need. And we're just going to keep playing this cycle. And nobody's ever going to win. And then the real issues in the relationship are going to come up, right? That the way we see the world, you know, maybe we don't view politics or religion or the way we want to raise our families the same. And then those things, I think, become the implosion. But the foundation of the relationship was always built on this white knight kind of thing, which not a great foundation. Yeah, and I want to be clear and careful because we're not laying this <clears throat> at the at the feet of the women or in, in on them. What we're saying is that it's yet another way that your ego need gets met, right? If they're oh, yeah. beautiful and hot and delightful and intelligent, then that means something about you. And if you can save, fix, create the safe place, be with them, or you know, hold them in their pain, then that also means something about you, right? So it's yeah. like how you get to be the good guy. Yeah. And there it's right. It's not them. It's, I love that you said that. It's like my unmet puzzle piece is their missing puzzle piece and their missing puzzle piece is my missing puzzle piece. We both come in. We both, I'm, I just happen to be in because of, because of you, because of accomplishment coaching, because of the work I continue to do. I just happen to have gotten consciousness around this. Whereas some of these people and many people in the world are just continue to live these stories over and over again, wondering why things aren't work going differently. Yes, you're speaking to a man who's been engaged five this many times, so I, I do feel you. So, okay, so then the solution, and I know people can go back and listen, but just in case they they don't have that kind of time or they're driving or something, the, uh, or running, the um, the idea was, and it's a brilliant idea, sort of sort of copying some of the you know TV shows that we're seeing these days, to have sort of a you had these tickets to a wedding. You were going to go to a destination wedding. You had intended to go with a date, but then these relationships sort of kept not lasting. And so you and five friends came up with this plan for them to choose the person you would take to Tulum to this um, destination wedding. And we were surprised by the 
by the number of responses, right? People started putting it on their Instas and their faces and their things. And suddenly you had, I mean, it wasn't like there were three lonely people out there, but suddenly there were a lot of extraordinary yeah. women. Yeah, like, I, I, guys, I'm guessing. There, there was only two guys. One was my assistant, one was a longtime friend. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, we, I was blown away that people didn't think this was just a joke at first. I was also blown away that we didn't get bombarded with people that were basically making fun of us right, yeah. or angry at us, right? Like I, I was surprised we didn't get the, what a loser, you can't get a date. Um, and I was also surprised that we didn't get the, what a jerk, another guy making women line up to go on a date with him. Yeah, because there's, there's something really gross about that, right? And, mm-hmm. and And it's astounding to me that these TV shows continue to thrive and everybody hangs on each episode, yeah. So- um, you didn't get any of that? Well, two things. First, first, I acted before I thought, which I think was brilliant because I really was in me and one of the judges, Brittany, created this idea together. And we were we created it in love and play, and we created it from the lens that the issue was me. And so it's like we put it out into the world as like, hey, I'm a great guy, but I have this issue where I like I'm picking the wrong women for me, not bad women not messed up women, just the wrong women for me. And I need help. And I think that created a little bit of like, oh, he's actually showing this vulnerability. He's creating this space. He's asking for help to get what he wants, which I think, now we didn't do this on purpose, right? This is, again, I I acted before I thought, but looking back, I'm like, it created the space for people to be like empathetic, wanting to play. It, It softened a lot of that blow that people may have said, like, look at this egotistical jerk just wanting women to go on a date with him and so no we didn't get any of that at first and what you're right what did happen was women who knew me who would vouch for me who knew my character my integrity who had seen my transformation were taking these things and posting it all over online going i know this guy you know tagging their friends all it would go into work facebook groups and it went viral and then we were on the news in san diego uh, talking about it, me and Melanie, who was one of the judges. So yes, there were five judges. We also on purpose, I purposely cho- helped choose two of the judges kind of chose themselves because they were like, we want to do this. And then the other three, I was like, wait, we need, we need women and we need men. And I think we also need people who identify sexually differently. So we have a gay man and a straight man. We have two women who I would say, I don't actually know if they identify as gay or straight because they actually date and they date and have cohabitated with both of the genders. Um, and I don't even know if they would identify with the gender, right? But they, they, they more in that fluid. And then we have one woman who's straight. And that to me was important because those, those perspectives would see things in women and in men that maybe I wouldn't see. Um, they also are people who would call me on my bullshit, who would be like, hey, your ego's getting in there. You're acting like a jerk. We can't do that. And so in this thing, we created it. So anything, we tried to say anything we asked the women to do, I would have to do back. So we asked them questions. They were able to ask me questions as we moved forward with the women. I answered all their, I like emailed them back answers to all their questions as we vetted them. So as the judges interviewed them, they got to submit someone to interview me. And I went through these, you know, hour long interviews with friends of these women getting grilled about my life, and my past and whatnot. You want to um, drill down on that for a second. Yeah. What was the best question you got asked or the toughest? 
Um, I mean, the toughest question I got asked was on a podcast about how do I be with, how do I be with the powerful feminine? I didn't, like, I started sweating. I didn't even know how to, I answered it. That was the toughest question, but that was on You're a like, I run away, click. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, that was, that you'd have to listen. You'd have to go to Kaylin McDuff's podcast any way you want it and listen to that episode with me. It was a powerful question. It was a really cool conversation we had about the masculine and the feminine in relationship to this. But the toughest question I got asked, I think by a contestant's people mm-hmm. was, um, if we called all your exes, like what would they say about you? Yeah. And and can we have their number? Right. It wasn't actually, this is the thing. It wasn't a tough question to answer, but it was about being honest because, and I'll, I mean, I'll say this here. If you called all my exes before I was 30, I'm friends with a lot of them. They would, they would like talk me up. They would love me. They would, they might say some things about me, right? They would might give you honest, but they are people that respect me, know me, like me. Um, I would happily give their number anyway. Now, if you called my two serious relationships post 30, I don't think they would take your call. And I had to share this and they, and then they asked why, and I had to talk about, you know, the, the depth of those relationships and how they ended and the different types of people that they were. And, you know, and I just had to be open and vulnerable. But I think one of the things that I heard back was almost all the people that interviewed me told the women that they were representing, like he's an open book. He literally said the good things about him, the bad things about him. He didn't, it felt like he was really, really honest. Yeah. And you're, you know, you're doing that today and I've come to come to expect it and know you as that, but I think it's really extraordinary that you're being as vulnerable and authentic as you are. The vulnerability, especially like, you know, it's habit for most of us to cover that up. So it's extraordinary that you're willing to do that. All right. So you had all these women, literally how many, how many applicants ultimately? There were a little, there were a hundred, over a hundred. I don't know exactly how many, hundred, 120 somewhere. Yeah. Look how nonchalant you are. 120 women were interested <laughs> based on what they'd heard about you in dating. That's pretty good. That, that had to be some sort of an ego stroke, right? Like on these TV shows, we see these people and it's like, it's gotta be good to be wanted or at least interested in by that many people right you know it sounds terrible but at first i i was like that's not that many people this this got out to like 100 this got out to like over 50,000 i was on the news you know all these things i was kind of like man maybe i'm maybe maybe this isn't a great opportunity maybe no one wants to date me when i then what actually brought me kind of back down is actually hearing other people when i would say 100 people and then and women would be like oh my god then I realized, hey, your ego, this is your ego saying it's like not enough, right? And then I could like check myself, which is great that I shared it with people. And I didn't inflate it, right? I wasn't like changing the number to make myself look better. Um, I also then got to see the applications. And that's when I think I got more impressed was like, I would see some of the women that were like saying yes to this opportunity were powerful successful beautiful smart creative intelligent just like no let me let me ask you you're yeah. how old are you you're you're 39 30 yeah 39 oh 39 okay yeah. so were there doctors um i don't know if there were doctors there okay. i don't know health I, professionals there were health professionals uh lawyers attorneys there were, lawyer, there were big time attorneys Biz, business people there were business people entrepreneurs um, uh entertainment industry anybody famous uh, nobody, uh, well, there was a, uh, someone who won, um, who 
Well, I guess I could say it because they we won't know a year. Miss Utah. I don't know if that's famous. Uh, yeah, well, that's famous yeah. in Utah for sure, right. and and in the people who watch pageants, I guess. <laughs> Nobody, uh, we did not have any actors or models or anything that was like, oh, people would know these people like that kind of famous. But I think like um, there were people in the entertainment industry from behind the scenes and some pretty, some pretty powerful, I want to say women of industry. Um, that surprised me. Okay. So let's, let's speed it up. I'm worried that this isn't as interesting for, for people as it might be. <laughs> so where are we now? You've chosen someone, you've chosen the top five, the top three, the top two. So we went from all of those people to a top seven. We went from a top seven to a top four. We went from a top four to a final two. I went on dates with the final two about two weeks ago, two weekends ago, whatever it was. I went on a date on a Friday night and I went on a date on a Saturday. And both dates were great. And the first date, I felt like, oh, this girl's great. I would love to go on a second date with her. Right? Like pretty typical good date. I want to go on a second date. The girl I went on the on the second date, the second date of the weekend, the let's, Saturday. Let's date, call them women. Can we call them women? Right. Yes. Yes. Right. <laughs> um, it's old, old habits. Yeah, um, I, I still think of myself as a boy, right? Like so it's girls and boys. Um, <laughs> I, I'm uh, a 60-year-old person. I know <laughs> Yeah. Um, so the, the woman from the first date, great date, like really great date. But, and I was like, oh, we could totally go on a second date with this woman. Um, excited about it, whatnot. Uh, definitely better than I thought it was actually going to be. And then I went on the date the next night with the other woman. And the difference between the dates was like the second date, I didn't feel like I needed to go on a second date. I felt like in one date, I knew that there was potential. Wow. Like I had enough information and enough connection and and body feelings and mind connection like just in all these that I was like I can't say this will work that we're gonna get married and have kids but that I know what I need to know in this one date that her and I there's potential somewhere and that there's a powerful connection and so for me it was like really clear and I then I brought all of this to the judges I shared the good the bad whatever I encouraged the judges to go interact you know don't right that was the whole plan don't just take my advice and um don't let you pick yeah yeah and um some of them like had had at that point they just needed confirmation to hear how the dates went they thought they already had some of them there were about let's say two of them that were like that person they already that was their pick already going into the dates that that woman was the one that they thought was already the best match so when i shared about the dates they were like well then that's our person and then the third one kind of went back and was like looking at their notes and their applications again. And then they went, I'm, I agree. And then the last two kind of were almost like, uh, just kind of were aligned. Like, Hey, I see that. I see what you were saying. And and we align with the other judges. So the judges and me all made the same choice, um, which was pretty cool that we were in alignment. And I think now looking back, it's a great choice being at how it's gone sort of since, um, uh, we, there's the, one of the things that I would share is like, one of the things we found out after was the other woman was, had number her two, contestant number, number two was yeah. recording and documenting her whole experience with this, which is totally fine. Right. I'm yeah, doing the same fair. thing. Yeah, totally fair. The only difference I might say is that I was telling people that I was doing this and, and you could go to my social media. She was doing it secretly and hiding it from us. which felt a little like icky. She shared it with me on the, she shared it with me, but like it was blocked. It was private. I couldn't see it. 
And then um, uh, we found out kind of about it after and got to see it after. And it kind of felt like a little, you know, like kind of a little, she has a, she has a show on dating and whatnot. It kind of felt like it felt a little used over here and Mm -hmm. it felt um, just like, Hey, there wasn't full honesty. Um, And then some of her, when we talked about with problems, right. Some of her fans came out for blood and came out at after you or... at me at the women involved in the are wow. on this process at the women participating um you know that this was a patriarchal experiment that this is uh this is just more of men doing what men do and women participating and that and and it was really it was actually really challenging to read how harsh this person came and i and I, this is the thing i would say that instead of going into all the details of that there's two things one is the coolest moment was all of the women in my life that I've surrounded myself with post transforming myself from a, you know, asshole before to the man I am now, mm-hmm. all these women who stand and, and challenge me on, on who I am, who call me on my bullshit, who will, who will point out the thing I'm doing, who will say, you can't say that, or you need to act different or whatever. All these women came to my like aid and had my back, you know, and nice. showed up online powerfully speaking to the person I am to the way we ran this contest to that. Look, everyone's entitled to their opinion, but that you're coming aggressively in judgment and like, you don't actually know. And these women really stood. It was a really cool moment to see man, all the work I've done on myself and on my life to have women show up and women that I respect and that are powerful that don't have to do this showed up like that for me. Um, the second was just to be with, right. To be out in the world and be vulnerable. It's like, Hey, people are gonna, people are gonna sling some poop at you. And how do you deal with it? And how do you take it? And I felt like I had to handle it really well. And even to that point, me and the woman number two, um, got on the phone and talked and, you know, I, she apologized for her people, even though she's not, she's not responsible for them, but right. she apologized for that, letting my name get out she did that by accident i was supposed to be my name was supposed to be a secret she let my name get out um you know i apologized for the impact that i had on like she was really sad that you know she didn't expect to like me and she did i apologized for just the role you know we co-created that together and i thought we did a great job of like cleaning up that kind of mess in conversation Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict 
break standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules or training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, The Coaching Show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest coach training program. Here is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach. Well, let me let me bring back the, the steamy underbelly of this whole thing. So now we've got, you've got, a winning person. You've got the person that you want to take on this trip to Tulum and that the, the win is sort of that they get to date you and go on this trip. Yes. Or, or I get to date them. Right. right. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, there's no like cash prizes. There's no like, you know, now they'll get to be something else. This is it. The, the win is okay. Now you've chosen someone that you want to hang out with, get to know better date mm-hmm. and see where it goes. But is the trip a guarantee for this person? Because there's there's what like a month between now and the trip, yeah, right? Like five weeks. We got like so five you could weeks. find out all sorts of things in that time. And is the trip like a given? Like you must do this. That's what they they won, or is the trip still in question? Like as long as we like each other and as long as we're getting along and that sort. Of they would have to be pretty. They would have to do. I feel like from my side, they would have to be be like pretty terrible for me to be like I can't take you on this trip. We okay. we upfront told people, hey right on the website when people were applying it said you know we have no obligation to take you on a trip and you have no obligation to go right this is about creating a great experience finding a good match if we don't find that you know uh, maybe i'll take you to to um uh but the so i think when here here's a good this is a once we had the final woman then she chose me and i chose her her and i actually had a conversation about what was next so we we got on the phone and she was like, well, what about dating other people? And started, we just brought up all the questions, right? There was no way that this was supposed to go. And I shared with her how I had a conversation with my therapist about if I'm running this Tulum experiment and I'm also dating women outside of it, I'm kind of creating back doors for right. myself. Yeah. And I had made this decision that I was going to only participate in the Tulum experiment until it was over, which means until Tulum is over. And so anyone I was kind of seeing on the side, I ended those relationships. I, you know, I, I, and I shared, it was like very, those people knew what was going on and I ended those things. None of them were serious. They were a date or some conversations in. How many, how many are we talking about on the side? There were like two or three people that I would, you know, once you start a thing like the Tulum experiment, which is all about surrender, the universe suddenly goes, Oh, do you, is this what you really want? And suddenly all women, you know, I would, I would like everywhere I went, there was like suddenly single, beautiful, intelligent women who found me attractive. I was like, I should have started this a long time ago. (laughs) Um, But so, but, but that was part of it. Right. I think like when we look at like a hero's journey, right. Like it's, it's like you go out into this new world and then you get tested. And I think that's for me, that was these, these tests of like, well, but what about this? And what about this? Are you sure you want to do this? And so it was actually a big breakthrough for me to say, no, I'm going to like focus on the thing I created, be right here, be all in. And so when we had this conversation, her and I said, it could be cool for us to create like a container where it's just us for five weeks into Tulum. 
and just play like both of us. She entered an experiment. Like, let's just play out this experiment. So we kind of said, well, this sounds really crazy because we've been on one date, but like we're dating only each other nice. until Tulum is over. And um, so if we jump forward, we're, we're, we're speaking about her. People should know we're speaking about her because she also asked to keep it private for a little while. Right, yeah. And um, we also felt like after we saw people come for blood, that that was actually a good idea because she doesn't deserve any of the heat that anyone might bring. And like, we don't got enough trouble dating you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I, um, that be all being said, I drove up, we're trying to find time to spend. She lives in LA. I live in San Diego. So, uh, my family's up near LA. So I drove up to Los Angeles on Monday morning and we're recording this on a Wednesday so we could spend some time together you know, have some time like in person together. And I'm going to be up here for a week. So we get multiple times to go on dates and hang out. Um, and we'll do this more between those between now and then, but it was just kind of an opportune time to like, Hey, let's spend some time together right up front. And it, it ha- it's not all it's, I shared with you before we started recording, it hasn't all been actually easy and peachy right. already. Yeah. Already yeah. conversations and challenges and like that. Let me, I, I have three questions about this finalist. Okay. And I know you're not re- revealing any identity things, but I have three questions and I think they're important ones. And I think that you'll thank me once I've asked you ready. Yeah. The first is, is she vaccinated? <laughs> she is vaccinated. Yes. And are you vaccinated? Okay. So yeah, that's yes. one question. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Good. So we got that. <laughs> Second question. Has this person been married before? No. Okay. And you have not been married. Before. Never been married. Yeah, neither right. one of us. And the third question, has this person in your negotiations, discussions, or talks, or dates already given you some sexual boundaries? Oh, interesting. Um, they have not given me sexual boundaries, but we have talked about, somebody said to her, you guys should not have sex, one of her close friends, you guys should not have sex until, I don't know, I'm going to write that, that's what. I don't know if you heard that background. Sorry. Um, a big truck went by. I thought it was loud. Um, so somebody uh, said to her, you two should not have until. sex until you go to Tulum. And she said, shared this with me. And I went, that's interesting. Like, I'm not, I'm not a no to this. That's an interesting, it's a really interesting idea or an interesting conversation. Um, and I said to her, I would prefer if we didn't have rules that, denoted how we're going to do things that we actually felt our way into it. And that if that's the way it feels and the way it goes, then I'm fine with it. And if it doesn't feel right to do that, then, and she agreed, she was like, it's yeah, okay. see, I'm not sure about that. Cause uh, you know, I've been married for a while with the same person for like 20 years. And so uh, I think waiting a month for sex is just really great training. <laughs> 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 a little joke. Uh, well, let me ask you one more question. So I saw somewhere posted a uh, a video of this person with no identifying information other than that they were singing. Now, here's what I need to know. Was this at a drunken karaoke? Was this at church? Or was this in some sort of a like a talent or a display of, of creative ability? They were a and by church I mean worship service. You know what I mean. Yes, no, not not, none of those things. Um, They are part of a choir in Ah, Los Angeles. Okay, Um, so professional view. It's no, it's more like um, 
theater kids who, okay. you know, who there's no more, they're not actors anymore. They're not theater people anymore. Maybe some of them are, but that somebody put together a way for people to have this experience um, for fun, for as a hobby, for enjoyment. One of the wild things, if you look at like small world, one of the judges brothers is in the same. Oh, that's hilarious. And we found that out like right at the end. And that was a, for one of the judges, that was a big sway because they were like, my brother knows this person. And my brother is, I love my brother. I trust my brother. And he, he like raves about this person. And for that judge, that was like, that was like enough. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, Two questions and then I'll let you go, or maybe, maybe you have more you want to talk about, but uh, first, what's your favorite thing about this person? Mm, Favorite thing. Ooh, so far, I would say, um, I don't think it's about them. It's about who we are together. It's like the laughter. We have, we laugh a lot. It feels like um, I, for whatever, something about them has enabled me, I feel like to be like the, my most authentic self. And my favorite part about myself that the world doesn't always get to see is my silliness and my playfulness. And there's something about them when I can't, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the safety, maybe it's the communication, maybe it's um, just their heart, like their openness, but allows me to feel safe enough to show that to them right up front. And it, it's like, it's like reverberating off, like me being playful and silly is like having them be playful and silly. And um, so I, I, it's, it's right. It's, it's, it's about them, but it's also about because of what it brings out of me. That's great. Um, second question, and perhaps, perhaps it's a bit of a challenge is what are you going to do with all the information, contact information and personal information you've gotten about all these other women? Like, are you, you know, you've already admittedly got some back doors or been a guy who's like had some side, you know, involvements. Is that sort of your safety net? Like if it doesn't work out here, I still got a hundred applicants over here, or are you going to try and like, put them into a multi-level marketing scheme or what's your big plan? <laughs> uh, nothing. Um, I have no, no plan. Um, I, if you're, if they're listening to this, I'm not going to sell your email or your name to some organization. Uh, or give it to some friend in, yeah, no. on a weekend in Vegas. You know, every, everybody says, if this doesn't work out, you have this amazing pipeline for dating. I have right away been like, I cannot have that in my space. That's, okay. that is just not, that doesn't work for me. So, um, right. I just relate, I kind of relate to as I don't think that I have it. Like I kind of have just ignored it. I think that a lot of these people fo- started following me on social media. There's been people who have been asking me about coaching. There's people that have asked about my book. There's people that have asked, they like the way I like talk about concepts about, you know, in online and have asked where I got my coach training. So there, there have been people that have shown up, uh, that that met me through this experience that are now in my world and are interested in other things. So I think like, who knows? I don't, my, my, my thing is not dating coaching or relationship coaching. I think you and I do that with all of our clients right. as part of what we do, but that's not like we don't walk around and hang our banner on, Hey, we're relationship dating coaches. It's just a part of, that's part of your life. That's part of your business. These things are all interwoven. So we end up talking about them. Um, but I don't know. Well, I think that there's, I definitely think there's something I did start writing 
the rom-com version of this experiment. Uh, I think this could be a great move, romantic comedy. And, um, you know, I'll take some creative liberties. It's not going to be the exact truth. But, uh, and I think that there's some other things, some fun things, you know, I think that there's definitely a book that can get written out of this, but I didn't plan for any of this in the beginning. So now it's all like figuring it out as we go. Well, congratulations. And it's so great. Uh, first of all, I want to acknowledge you for the courage and the authenticity and the vulnerability that it takes to do this and to do it out loud in public. But also, you know, there's a certain loss of control and not having it go your way uh, all through it, including now, right? Like now getting to know somebody and only somebody for four weeks and stopping the hunting and gathering that you may have uh, made part of your uh, dating life and to actually settle into being with someone and learning them and learning yourself with them. It's an extraordinary adventure you've created, Alex, and I really want to um, acknowledge you for it. Is there any advice that you have? Do you have any uh, things that you want uh, to let people know or parting thoughts for people? Yeah, I, I think the some of the best pieces of advice would be, we're so afraid to put ourselves out there. That's been like one of the things that's come up from a lot of people is like how much they love how I put myself out there. We're so afraid. We worry about, you know, the rejection. We worry about what people are going to say about us, what people are going to think about us. So we inadvertently don't get what we want because we're unavailable to actually ask for it or say it or say, hey, we're here, deliver it to us. And this was one of the greatest experiences of just like, who cares? This is what I want. I'm putting it out there. And like, just allow it to be. And if people don't like it, they don't have to participate and they don't have to, you know, be involved. And so I would, if I were giving dating advice moving forward, it's like people need to put themselves out there. That might mean in a social situation or with friends. It might mean calling all your friends and saying, I'm single. Who do you know? Right. You don't have to create an experiment. This experiment was exhausting. It was like a month of, it was a job for a month, but there's a lot of ways that you could put, you could write on your Facebook. I'm single. I'm looking for this. And I guarantee you somebody, if you're, if people like you are going to say, Oh my God, what about this guy? So that would be the number one. The second uh, thing is just the power of surrender. To simply, I see it in my business all the time. I'm, I'm now, right, I see it now in dating. I'm seeing it now with my like lifestyle and money that when we are like hustling and chasing and grinding and working as hard as we can to get, 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 achieve, 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 do, it's, yes, we, it might, Get, we might get there, we might not, but often the experience that we have is not the experience we want. We might get the result, but we like suffered or were miserable along the way. And I think this, pro, like this process of surrendering had maybe I end up, maybe this person and I end up together, maybe we don't, but this, this journey that I've been on has been so fun and so fulfilling and such, such a uh, learning experience. And that's the action. That's my life, right? That, that that's been the best part. That's the life. The result is like a small piece. So we're, I think that's the second piece is like, Hey, stop worrying about all the results, how you're going to get the money and the job and the girl or the guy or the husband or the wife or the cat or the dog, and just decide how you want to actually experience it and go for that. And maybe you get the result, maybe you don't, but you get to enjoy your life. There's something in there for me. I appreciate you very much. That is Alex Terranova. You can find him at thedreammason.com. You can listen to his podcast, The Dream Mason Podcast. Uh, you've got another podcast or two. Do you want to share? 
the Frequency Shifters podcast. It's a seasonal podcast. So season one is up. It's called the Frequency Shifters Show, and it's all things unseen, um, energy, woo-woo, uh, like pseudosciences, uh, some fun stuff in there. I, I really like it. I, I get to explore and learn. It's a, it's a really cool show, but all of season one of the Frequency Shifters show is available right now on Spotify, iTunes, everywhere. Yeah. Including Accomplishment Media. Mm-hmm. Nice. The, uh, also, the books are Fictional Authenticity and a contributing author to Redefining Masculinity. You can find him on the Instagram at Inspirational Out. Thank you so much for being with us. And thanks for sharing uh, this part of your journey. It's just extraordinary. Thanks for having me again. And thank you, dear listener, for being with us each week, bringing you somebody interesting, somebody out on the cutting edge of coaching or a pioneer in coaching or somebody just darn interesting. I thank you for listening for, oh, these 20 years. And um, we will talk to you next week. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to The Coaching Show. We will talk to you next week.